0: From the cradle of liberty in Philadelphia,
1: all the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis, to
0: high atop the Wasatch Mountains in
1: Utah.
2: This is where politically correct perception meets common sense.
0: This is The Joe Carey
2: Show. Hey, welcome to The Joe Carey Show right here on K Talk 1640 AM and up and down the Wasatch Mountain front. Thank you uh, for tuning in today. It is Friday. It's Friday and a uh, busy show today. Remember, it's a uh, phone-it-in Friday, so if there's something on your mind, if there's something that you want to talk about, just give us a call, 801-331-8113. That's 801-331-8113, and uh, happy to, uh, uh, to talk about what's on uh, your mind today. You know, uh, the big news uh, coming out of D.C. with well, actually three big stories. Uh, let's start with the uh, unemployment numbers. The uh, economists, the experts, they were predicting that uh, we were going to see a spike in unemployment. Uh, it's, it's at about 14%. They were expecting anywhere from 18 to 20% in unemployment. And the uh, official numbers came out today, and it's actually down to 13%. The unemployment went from 14% to 13%, and the economy added 2.2 uh, 2 million jobs. Now you would think that would be something that we could all rally around that we would all be happy about that we would look at that and say that's a good thing, right? People are getting back to work. There are actually people disappointed in this. Most of them progressive uh liberals who are just saying that you know these numbers aren't aren't real, these numbers aren't correct. Now I will say this, I I do think that uh, the unemployment numbers went down. But remember, a lot of this is because uh, the government is providing loans and programs to keep people employed. You know, the big one is that uh, Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP, which basically allows small to medium sized businesses to borrow money. And as long as they use, I, I believe at one time it was 70% of those funds to pay their employees, they don't have to pay that money back to the government. So there's a lot of people who are working now that wouldn't be if that program didn't exist. Now, during the Great Depression, the government didn't go through the private sector. The government just launched programs like, you know, the the Tennessee Valley Authority, the WPA. And they just had these massive project building programs and they would hire people directly. What the government has done this time is said, you know, let's leverage the business community. Let's leverage the private sector. But very similar in that they want to keep people employed. They want to keep funds going. But it's absolutely amazing to me that you have uh, Democrats who are upset because they thought the numbers were going to be a bad reflection on Trump. It was just the opposite. These numbers are, by all, by all consideration, just fantastic, off-the-charts, good numbers. Now, if you're, if you're telling yourself, well, Joe, you, know, you think Democrats would actually root for bad numbers? Well, who do you think you are? Americans don't think that way. I think you're right. I, I think politicians do. Look no further than hydroxychloroquine. Here's a drug that everybody should have said, man, we hope this works. We hope this is exactly what the president says it is. But instead, you had scientists and other detractors, mostly in the media, rush out and begin to grab any morsel of information they could to say, see, we told you hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. We told you it was bad. They did an article, a peer-reviewed article in the Lancet Medical Journal. Which came out and said, hey, if you take hydroxychloroquine and you have uh, COVID-19, it could damage your heart. And the press ran with that story. This week, The Lancet retracted that story. Why? Because when they agreed to run that story, when The Lancet originally agreed to run that story, they, uh, the, the authors of the article were told, look... We're going to run this story, but you're going to have to give us the data set that you relied on, so we can test and substantiate your methodology. And the like, oh no problem, we'll do it. Uh, no big deal. You know nothing to hide here. So they run the story, and the Lancet goes back and says to the authors, "Okay, guys, you got to give us your data set, so we can test it to see. You know, we can peer review it. Is 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 what you're concluding valid?" The Lancet was told, no, 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 uh, we we can't release that information. Well, wait, you told us you would. Yeah, but now it would be a violation of confidentiality. Well, can't you just black out the names? Well, you know, it's the whole hippo, rhino. No, no, that's HIPAA. Oh, you know, the HIPAA, you know, it's all those acronyms. We can't release the information. So what does the Lancet do? They have to withdraw the story. But instead of being people being happy, instead of people being, you know, providing hope, it's how do we destroy this president? And so again, instead of looking at these unemployment numbers and saying, you know what, we have a long way to go before we're back to where we were. And there's going to be a lot of ups and there's going to be a lot of downs. The, The media just drills this negative message home. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy for our politics. It's not healthy for our country. Uh, the other thing, uh, we have uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, they have come out, and it's, it's difficult to say because Black Lives Matter is not your typical corporation where, you know, here are the elected officers at the top, and here is the middle management, and then, you know, here are the busy worker bees. It's really just, you know, this uh, hodgepodge of different groups who've gotten together behind this cause. Now, one of these groups has come out and said, look, what we're really looking to do here is abolish police forces. Like, that's our aim, that's our goal. And you have other groups within Black Lives Matter saying, no, no, that's not what we want. But an emerging message appears to be this idea of community policing, community policing. And what what that means is that we would disband the police force or we would work in conjunction with the police force to police our own communities. And we had one, a Black Lives Matter leader today proposed that local communities would train and arm citizens in those communities to protect and patrol those neighborhoods. I'd like to hear from you on that, 801 331 I'm not necessarily opposed to that idea. I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, I'm not going to give a knee-jerk, oh, that's crazy. You can't have the citizens do that. That's, you know, I mean, aren't we as conservatives for local control? Now, I think there's a million things that can go wrong with that if it's done incorrectly. But on its face, I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. 801-331-8113. Would like to hear from you on that. What do you think about uh, local organizations and groups taking on responsibility? Isn't that just like the Neighborhood Watch? Isn't that what we're looking at here? If you see something, say something. Or are they taking it a step further by saying, we're going to be armed. We're going to do police and military-style training. And of course, I think the big fear is, are they doing this in conjunction with law enforcement or are they doing it to protect themselves from law enforcement? But the idea itself of community policing in each neighborhood watching out for for the members of that community, I don't know if that's that's necessarily a bad thing. Now, the other big news, Andrew Cuomo uh, is concerned that uh, people are being arrested in New York City And then being released, Uh, can somebody, the next person that bumps into uh, Andy Cuomo on the subway, can they please let him know it is his bail reform bill that he passed that uh, became law effective January 1st that's causing this turnstile effect? Remember, he's the one who passed, uh, he signed the law that he was for, which basically said, if you commit these misdemeanor crimes, including looting, They can charge you, but they can't hold you for bail. Hmm. So what does that mean? That means if you're out there and you're looting, the police can bring you in. They can fingerprint you, but they can't hold you. They can't say, well, you got to give us $500 bail or 5,000. You have to be released. So what we're seeing in New York City is a lot of these protests, I shouldn't say protesters, the, the rioters and the looters are being arrested But they're not being held for bail because it's now against the law. And Cuomo is saying, look, we have to up the charge. We have to charge these people with more serious crimes, because if we don't, we can't keep them off the street. Hey, when we come back, I want to talk about Joe Biden saying 10 to 15 percent of Americans are not very good people. And he's naming names. Let's see if Corn Pop makes the list. We'll be back right after this break.
0: Balance of Nature. Changing the world, one life at a time.
3: I've had a lot of really great days back-to-back, which has been a huge blessing. Even my doctor told me, because uh, they asked me to bring everything in that I take on a daily basis, he was very encouraged by seeing what I was taking, and he, he said he didn't care how many I had. You know, he said it's food. And the form that it in was something that he was very, because uh, he's an avid learner, and he's always researching, and uh, he's, he's always excited to see new things. And he told me, this would be good. This will help you immensely with the nutrition that you need. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new
2: preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a healthcare program. Sign up for Liberty Health Share today. As a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now. And you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash joe carey. That's LibertyHealthShare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y.
1: Hi, This is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com.
2: Hey, welcome back to The Joe Carey Show. 801-331-8113. Give us a call. Uh, Let us know what you're thinking about, what's on your mind. Brian, uh, the Utah Business Revival, they have another uh, meeting scheduled. I believe it's in Cedar City.
4: Yeah. Actually, the concert that has twice been uh, hounded out of town in Kaysville and again in Tooele, uh, this one uh, is going to take place uh, out by Cedar City.
2: So they have a venue now. They do. And this is with the
4: blessing of the Iron County Commissioners. It's actually taking place in unincorporated Iron County.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. And do we know where the venue is? Do we know? We do. I'm sorry. I don't
4: remember the name. It's a a fairly new venue, but uh, it's, uh, it's a resort out west of Cedar City. I'm sorry. I don't have it at the tip of my tongue, but it's a nice place. I visited it the last time
2: I was down there. Oh, that's great to know. Well, as you get more information, let us know. And let us welcome uh, Jamie Renda, who is the uh, owner of uh, Brixton's Baked Potato and also the founder of The Trump Tater. And it's my understanding that, that, Jamie, The Trump Tater has been to all the Utah Business Revival events. Is that correct? He sure has,
3: and he'll be there next Saturday, too.
2: So, Jamie, why do you go? Why is it important that the trump taters there? What message are you trying to send by participating in these uh, Utah Business Revival events?
3: I think it's a couple of things. One, that small business um, is important that we get our economy back open, and we're going to just end up doing a lot of damage to a lot of people who put their life savings and, and years of their life trying to put a business together, and you can't keep these businesses closed for three months and think that they're going to make it back.
2: Jamie, how do you feel? Because this was, uh, it was mind-boggling to me, Um, and I'll talk about it a little bit more on the show, but to hear politicians for the last 90 days tell people, you know, you can't go out to eat, you can't get your hair cut, everything is closed, and even if you think the word COVID, you're probably infecting someone then these same politicians who have forced people into lockdown are cheering on the protesters and leading some of the protests. There's no social distancing. About 30% are wearing face masks. How does that make you feel as someone who has been, whose business has been impacted by some of these very same rules that now politicians don't seem to think twice about?
3: Well, I want to try to be careful on. I mean, because I, I support peaceful protests on this. Um, but where I get even more frustrated on that is that uh, they wouldn't support the protests for small businesses and our civil liberties that were taken away during this time. But uh, and some of these same leaders are actually supporting the riots and the destruction of their of their cities and the very communities that need more hope and. Uh, so I, I just think that part's sad, but uh, as far as the protest for George Floyd in a peaceful way, I'm totally supportive of that. Um, but I get concerned on some of the hypocrisy there, definitely, because they certainly wouldn't support the peaceful protests of the business owners, and not comparing the two, but there are, you know, the civil liberties of people not being able to go to church, not being able to run their business. Um there's two different issues at hand, but they're
2: both important. Well, speaking of that, the, uh, you just sat down on your uh, Trump Tater podcast. You sat down with, uh, with the organizer for the Ogden Black Lives Matter protest. And surprisingly, you both found—maybe I shouldn't say surprisingly—you both found some common ground.
3: Well, and again, I wouldn't say surprisingly because I feel most good people that want solutions— want the same thing we just have different approaches on how to get there and uh and, and i think one of the things he was surprised about and i it, i hope that your audience will get on the trump tater and it's spelled trump with t-a-t-e-r not o-r on our facebook or the youtube channel and uh see this conversation um that i had with me like because we do have a lot in common and I think Republicans, and I told him this, too. I said, look at Mike Lee and Mike Lee. I told him this on the podcast, which we recorded Tuesday night, and Mike Lee quotes him on the Senate floor in a speech on Wednesday. I said, Mike Lee's been one of the biggest advocates of prison reform, and he's a, you know, a conservative. I said, there's many, many conservatives who see the injustice as done and conservatives who fought. I said, most, most of the con- go- governors of red states, uh, Van Jones actually praised we're more um, passed better laws on prison reform and judicial reform so uh, conservatives need to start standing up and saying where we're at um, because the media paints the narrative all the time that Republican governors have been very proactive on uh, passing good reforms for their states.
2: so Jamie based on what you've seen up there in Ogden and the conversation you had uh, with uh, Malik Where do you think uh, we should go with this? Where do you think the dialogue uh, should take us?
3: Well, I I think first is bringing, and I've talked to him about the importance of my mission, and my mission, as you know, is to to reach out to uh, black Americans and bring them into the Republican Party because it's important to rub shoulders with people in order to understand their plight and what they go through and find solutions together, so... We definitely have to take the media out of this, and the media will always frame things around race as long as there's such a disparity in the voting in the black community. So that's got to be our continued focus, is reaching out and pulling more blacks into the conservative movement and making a home for them, making them feel welcome, and trying to find solutions to the issues at hand. So, again, that's been my push for a long time, and I still feel that's the solution, because until we do that, everything is framed. Um, around race in a way that makes the liberal side look like they're all um, supportive and, and their ideals are horrible, really, when it comes to real reform. And uh, I mean, and there's an element of the liberal side with the Antifa movement, which there's a significant movement there that involve a lot of liberal thinking that feels that we need to destroy our whole hierarchy system. And and start over, and so that would be detrimental to every community, the black community, um, just America as a whole. So, I, I, th- I think we've we've got to be rubbing shoulders with people of like minds and different races, and come up with a solution that will actually bring America together and not destroy America.
2: Well, Jamie, just in closing, let me uh, let me ask you: It's uh, it's the weekend. Brixton's is uh, open. Uh, what have the uh, the crowds been like? Is business coming back to normal? Is that are you there? Is it still a work in progress?
3: It's still a work in progress, but we've actually picked up quite a bit and uh, and have been steady. So I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for our customers supporting us. Tomorrow we are going to be feeding all law enforcement. We have a funeral here for Officer Nate Ladell, and so we'll have a lot of law enforcement in town. And. We just want our law enforcement to know that we appreciate all that they do for us and, uh, and we're there for them. And we hope to have you know, Black Lives Matter and NAACC members in next week uh, and offer the same appreciation you know, for the efforts that they do peacefully in trying to bring in criminal justice reform. Um, so both of these issues are important and we can't allow one to take over the other. It's working harmoniously together and bringing
2: people to the table. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, thank you for all you do. All right,
3: thank you, Joe. Have a great day.
2: You now, I've got to tell you, that's what it takes. It takes just good people uh, doing good things in their sphere of influence. You know, people who think, you know, well, I know why I do it? It's not big enough. It's not going to impact enough people, and doesn't have to. Maybe the only person who changes from our good efforts or our good attitude, maybe it's just us. Maybe it's just you. It doesn't mean it's not worth doing. And one of the great things about Jamie is she looks at it and says, you know what? I have these resources. I have these talents. I'm going to do what I can do. And if we all do that, can you imagine the change that would take place? It would be absolutely amazing. Hey, stay tuned. When we come back, uh, possible charges against the gentleman who broke out the bow and arrow in Salt Lake City. We'll have an update on that story, along with five people charged with federal crimes in Salt Lake City for rioting. We'll have that and more right here on The Joe Carey Show.
4: with Tim Berg. President Trump says he'll ask Congress to pass more economic stimulus, including a payroll tax cut, even after the government reported a surprise improvement in U.S. unemployment on Friday. With more on that, here's USA Radio Network's John Clemens.
1: The May jobs report was a surprise to most economists, with a report beating expectations. Eleni Kara-George of the Bureau of Labor Statistics tells us the jobless rate declined to 13.3%
3: non-farm peril employment rose by 2.5 million in May. These improvements in the labor market reflected a limited resumption of economic activity that had been curtailed in March and April due to the coronavirus pandemic and efforts to contain it. In May, employment rose sharply in leisure and hospitality, construction, education and health services, and retail trade.
4: And you're
5: listening to USA
4: Radio News.
5: So I don't know if you saw this, but there was just this big study about anxiety among us. Really interesting in this study about what can keep us up at night. One of the top stressors out of all the things to worry about is paying for health care. A huge majority of us say we're worried about that. It's totally understandable, but there's an affordable alternative to health insurance. It's MetaShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, and it has worked beautifully for more than 25 years. And not only do people save lots of money, they get access to a huge network of doctors. They get to take advantage of 24-7 live access online where they can talk to a doctor and even get prescriptions. And of course, there is the savings. With Metashare, the typical family saves $500 a month. That can help you sleep easier too. There's a lot to love about it. No wonder it's grown so much. Here is the number to find out more. Call 833 bible That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833 bible
4: Protests over the death of George Floyd are expected to continue over the weekend. FBI Director Christopher Ray saying peaceful protests are okay, but rioting and looting distracts from the message. We're seeing people who are exploiting this situation to pursue violent, extremist agendas, anarchists like Antifa and other agitators. The mayor of Washington, D.C. is asking President Trump to remove from the city the troops and federal law enforcement officers who are there as part of the beefed-up security efforts because of the George Floyd protests. Members of the Utah National Guard are being kicked out of their Washington, D.C. hotel rooms, and Utah Senator Mike Lee isn't too happy. They're being evicted. The office of the mayor of the city of Washington has ended their contract with the Marriott Marquis Hotel. They'll get off at 10 a.m. tomorrow. And I'm told at that point they'll have to go gather their things and go find another place to stay. You're listening to USA Radio News.
2: Hey, welcome back to The Joe Carey Show. Uh, if you're in front of a mirror, take take a minute and look at yourself in the mirror. Because Joe Biden just declared that there are 50 million not very good people in the United States. And I want you to take a long look in the mirror. And I want you, if you think you're one of those 50 million not very good people. Now, Joe Biden said, there is a way to tell. I said, wow, that's really good. He said, yes, if you, as you're looking in the mirror, put your hands on your head And he said, gently rub it over your head. And if you feel two horns protruding from the top of your head, you are one of these 50 million not very good people. Actually, Joe Biden said that's why he sniffs people because he said he can smell it. So Joe Biden said, you know, he when he walks up to those women, he said they're going to do with women and children. It doesn't work on men of any age. But Joe Biden said when it comes to women and uh, girls, he has this unique ability. If he can sniff their hair, he can tell if they're one of these 50 million not very good people. And that's why he he does it. Because who would want to hang around somebody that's not a very good people? So he sniffs them out. Literally, he sniffs them out. Joe Biden did say today in an interview that to 10 to 15 percent of Americans are not very good people. So that number equates to about 50 million Americans, which I guess is a good thing because what was it? 63 million people voted for Trump. So if if Biden would have come out and said, Hey, there's sixty-three million, one hundred twelve thousand, not very good people. And that exactly equated to the number of people voting for Trump. You could kind of self-identify then. So he's giving about what? 13 million Americans a buy who may have voted for Trump. But what exactly does that mean when he says they're not very good people? And, you know, I take issue with that because I tell all my kids. The vast majority of people are good. We all do dumb things. Many of us do bad things. Most of us do dumb things over and over and over again. But what makes somebody a bad person? Now, Hillary Clinton said it slightly differently. She said they're deplorables. But what's the difference between being deplorable, bad, and evil? Because before in America... You could disagree on policy. You could disagree on politics. And you were never castigated. You were never put out as a bad person. You were put out as, oh, you know, that person believes, you know, guns kill people or that person believes in abortion. But we never took a shot at the other side and said, you're evil. You're bad. You're deplorable. You're irredeemably deplorable. Because of a particular position we took on politics. But today, it's not enough. We have to destroy the other side. Because it's easier to say somebody is a not very good person than try to win the debate. Right? So if you're having this debate over hydroxychloroquine, isn't it a lot easier just to say, you're an idiot? No good person would say that. No good person would want to try this on someone who's sick. Isn't that a lot easier than trying to get into the medicine and the science of hydroxychloroquine? And I'm going to say hydroxychloroquine three more times in this segment just to prove that I can say it without stuttering. But why would Joe Biden say it? And let me tell you, if you're a good journalist, do you know what you're going to do? The next time you see Joe Biden, what should be the first question you ask this individual who wants to represent all Americans— Right. The president represents all Americans. Is he saying what, that he doesn't represent the 50 million Americans that he considers not very good people? Now, are these the same people that Joe Biden has described as fat, as dog faced? As dog-faced ponies, are they the not very good Americans? Are the people rioting in the streets, are they part of his 50 million not very good? Are the looters not very good people? Can we have at least one journalist with, with some integrity ask this man who's running for president, who are these 50 million people? I don't need the names of all of them. But can you give me a dozen? Can you give me the names of 12 people that fall onto that list? Who says that when you're running for president, that you have 50 million bad Americans, deplorable Americans? Not that their conduct is bad, not that they're ill-informed. I get all those. But to say that somebody at their core, like who they are, that's troubling because it's slightly dehumanizing, right? When we start saying these people are bad, when we don't say the decisions they make are bad or ill-informed or they just don't know enough, but when we say that they're bad at their core, Then it's easier to justify certain actions. Then it's easier to justify, well, do you know what? They're irredeemably deplorable. Nothing we do is going to make them better. And we've got to protect ourselves from the irredeemably deplorable, right? I mean, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the greater good. We've got to do something with these not very good people. But we're very fortunate. We're very fortunate that Joe Biden is a good man because he did say. He did say that he would save the taxpayers a lot of money. And he is willing to sniff all 50 million of these Americans, presumably if they're women and, you know, girls. And he will discern which ones are the not very good people versus the ones that are good people. Do you think you'll have a reporter? Do you think we'll have one reporter approach Joe Biden and ask him for the names of these 50 million Americans? And like I said, don't, don't even get to the 50 million. How about just 100? How about just 100? Come up with a list. It's one of these theatrical tricks that politicians employ all the time as a talking point, Right? Oh, yeah, 10 to 15% of Americans, they're not very good people. You think one journalist would have it in them to ask, Mr. Vice President, who? Who's on that list? Where did you get the 50 million number from? They just charged four people in Salt Lake City with federal crimes. Arson, the destruction of law enforcement property. Some of these penalties are pretty hefty, like 25 years in prison. Are these four people who have been charged not very good people? What about the gentleman who broke out the bow and arrow, Brandon McCormick? Way to go, Brandon. Represent Taylorsville. Good job. Joe, why do you always make fun of Taylorsville? Uh, Can I have exhibit A, please, Uh, Brandon? Can you step forward? Exactly. For a while, I thought Taylorsville was in Florida. I was like, oh, only people like this are in Florida. I mean, they, No, it's right here, Joe. It's right here in Utah. You know because there's a moat and a gate around it. And then you find out it's, you know, to keep people in. Brandon McCormick, 57, Taylorsville, Utah. He was charged yesterday with two counts of a possession of a dangerous weapon that I have a problem with. Brian, that, that arrow didn't even have a tip on it, did it? I don't think he even had a tip. He was charged with two counts of possession of a dangerous weapon, one count of aggravated assault, and one count of threatening or using a dangerous weapon in a fight or quarrel. Only in Utah. Were you quarreling? And were you brandishing a dangerous weapon when you were quarreling? Is he a bad person? Now you all saw the stories, right? I mean, he jumps out of his car. He has the bow and arrow. He pulls it from the back seat and he points it at several people. We'll be back right after this break. Right here on the Joe Kerry Show, K Talk, sixteen forty a.m. Now remember, I did say I was going to say hydroxychloroquine three more times in this segment, and I got two more. I've got two more to. We only had ten seconds left. I don't think I can do it. I could say this break sponsored by the good makers of hydroxychloroquine, hydroxychloroquine Inc., but that would be a cheap shot. We'll be back right after this break.
0: Hear a commercial for a very unique mortgage team that has a very specific advantage that could save your family monthly and lifelong money. Two things you should know. One, we were started by a dad and his son and his wife and his sister in law, and we've grown to be a faith focused mortgage team that's helping families across the U.S. We're faith and family at our core and we don't hide it. Two, we've still stayed fairly small on purpose. We're only about a couple dozen people, a makeup that we believe lets us truly know every person that calls. But we also have a big advantage. Our company is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. A reality that often allows us to get you a better rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money. We or United Faith Mortgage
2: at UnitedFaithMortgage.com. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park, Rum, Melville, New York, licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access.org. corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. The health care enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a health care program. Sign up for Liberty Health Share today. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they are not insurance so you can still sign up there's no open enrollment period. you can sign up now and you can pick the program of your choice. you get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals for couples and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to LibertyHealthShare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's LibertyHealthShare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y.
1: Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com.
2: Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show. I just want to announce uh, next Saturday, June 13th, from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m., uh, they're having a, a chicken pox exposure party down there in uh, Iron County. No, it's seriously. You have any infectious disease, please come out, attend the event. Chicken pox, COVID 19, leprosy, just come on down. Let's all get together. Is that kind of hard? Is that, is that too much? But I'm telling you, how do politicians now with a straight face tell anybody, right? Because the point I'm making is how does a politician now who has watched these riots take place, who refused to cite anybody for a violation of the governor's directives or a local directive about social distancing and wearing a mask, how can they pull off the greatest hypocrisy that we've seen with this pandemic if they come out and say, you know what, you guys can't get together. Well, wait a second. You just had thousands of people gather in the streets of Salt Lake. You didn't say anything about social distancing. You didn't. And now I think it's in uh, Oregon and New York City and Pennsylvania. The health directors have come out and basically said uh, the, uh, the virus of racism uh, is so bad that, uh, you know, uh, we, we've got to allow this to happen. It's the only way you beat the virus of racism This is exactly what we don't want to have happen, where someone's constitutional rights to free speech trump someone else's constitutional rights to free speech. So now you're saying, well, if the speech you're giving is a little bit more privileged, if it's a little bit more politically correct, you get to go out and you get to express yourself. But if you're a church, and you're going to limit your membership, and you're going to, you know, you're going to uh, keep your social distance. Nana, you still can't open up because we don't value your speech to the same degree that we value this speech. How does a politician do that? Because politicians aren't leaders; they are followers. What else can they do? Do they just come out and admit we can't stop it? Because really that's what it is, right? The great answer to all this is the people do have the power. And the reason why politicians aren't coming out and enforcing their social distancing rules, it's because they can't. That's the truth. They can't. They don't have the ability or the power to do that. So they jump out in front of the parade. Oh, no, no, it's okay. We're going to let them do this. Really? You're letting them do this? Or is it because you really can't stop it? And I think those those are the big issues. Those are the big questions for all of us. You know, let's go to this phone call. Then I want to tell you, I, I flew out from uh, Pennsylvania to Utah, and I want to tell you about uh, the, uh, the airplane ride out here and, um, uh, and just some of the issues that I confronted. I, I want to walk through those with you uh, in the final few minutes of the show. Let's go to a Ray who has been uh, holding. Go ahead, sir. You're on the air.
1: Yes. Um, the first thing, I was wondering how I could find out on Joe Biden's um, list which side I, uh, I'm on because I'm legal I mean I'm legal
2: well Ray you know that's a tough one that's a tough one I'm not sure but uh, given what I know about you I I think I'm pretty safe to say you're absolutely on that list
1: (laughs) okay well now I I was wondering um, you know it seems to me I I guess I'll break a, a, a court rule never ask a question that you don't know the answer to a lawyer's rule but um You know, it seems to me that, um, you know, the worst rioting has been in um, liberal states, liberal cities, sanctuary cities, you know, um, that's been destroying businesses and everything. And it seems like, um, you know, the conservatives, you know, states and cities, there hasn't been that much rioting in every, you know, I'd sure like to see some, statistics or something like that because um you know the the um and well i i just wonder you know um well even in salt lake i watched it and they did bring the police out that i didn't see the, the kind of rioting that was in other cities so so you know is it the liberal cities that that you know, you can riot in and burn down and rob stores and, and the conservative cities. We, you know, we, um, we don't do that.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. But look, I will say this. They, they burned a few cars here in Salt Lake, and they flipped over a car or two. Um, that's what happens when these quarreling, you know, this, this quarrels they get out of hand. We'll be uh, – Ray, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. You know, so let, let me just say we have a few minutes left in the show. Let me just walk you through this. So I, I'm flying out from uh, Philadelphia to Salt Lake City. And I'm curious, right, because it's been, it's been a few months now since, you know, I, I got on an airplane. And uh, the flight from Philadelphia to Dallas was, I'd say, about half full. So there was nobody in the middle seat uh, between us. And, you know, the airlines now, they're not, you know, bringing the carts around. They're not dropping off food. It's all, they give you like a little bag. And then the bag is like a bottle of water and a uh, a brownie or something like that. But then I got on the flight from Dallas to Salt Lake and the plane was absolutely packed. I mean, maybe a handful of empty seats. Maybe. Now, when I fly, I generally prefer the window seat. And the reason I do that is because if I'm in the aisle, you know, people are walking up and down and they bump you and I'm left-handed. So, you know, they're bumping my elbow and I really can't work as efficiently. So I usually just, you know, get an aisle seat and just start working in the aisle seat. Well, I board the plane in Dallas and I'm looking, you know, and I don't know why this is, but I... Brian, I don't, I don't know who else does this, but I've got to look at my uh, pass like 90 times to make sure. I know it's seat, you know, 12A. I know it's 12A. But every ILI pass, I've got to check my boarding pass. Oh, yep, still 12A. Oh, yep, still 12A. So I get to my seat assignment. And I'm, I'm, if I can, I'm always in the window seat. And I get to my row, and there's somebody in the window seat. So, you know, you break out your thing. Okay, yes, dual 12A. Yeah, that's my seat. And I can tell it's a couple, right? And the the female is in the the window seat and the guy is in the middle seat, which is odd. I've traveled enough to know that 90% of the time if a couple is traveling, it's the female that sits in the middle seat. Did you ever notice that, Brian? It's almost always the female in the middle seat. Rarely the guy. And I think it's because, you know, women are viewed as social. They don't mind as much. And the guy just like, I just want to be left alone. So I was, I looked at and I was like, okay, that's interesting. So I'm I'm assessing this. And then I have a decision to make. Right. Do I say, oh, you know, I'm sorry, excuse me, but I think that's my seat. You know, I know it's my seat because I looked at my boarding pass 42 times walking up the plane. I know you're in my seat, but I'm going to pretend that I don't know. And I'm going to say, I think you're in my seat. And then, of course, you know, I'm reading in some magazine or online that, you know, especially now when you fly, always get the window seat because COVID is less likely to get you if you're in the window seat. Why? Because people aren't walking by you the entire flight. Yeah, and so now I have two reasons. One, my personal preference, and two, I want to hide from COVID, But, Brian, I can't bring myself to say, oh, excuse me, you're in my seat. I don't know why. I I was like, I guess it just wasn't. I've done it before, but I don't know why. So I pause, and I'm looking at the couple. They're looking at me, but they don't say anything. Because I was kind of hoping, you know, they would say, oh, you know, uh, there's a reason why we have to be on the inside, you know, the window seat, but nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. So I'm like, oh, boy, do I say this through my mask or do I take my mask off? And so there I am in my mask. I'm like, oh, um, excuse me, but um, I think that's I think that's, you know, my seat that you're I I think I have the, the window seat. And uh, she looks up and she says, oh, I know. So the whole time she knows she's in the wrong seat, but she wants me to tell her, oh, I think you're in my seat. So I say, ma'am, I think you're in my seat. She's like, oh, I know, but this is my preference. Oh, well, funny thing, mine too. So I say, oh, that's okay. I'll just sit here in the aisle seat. now I think, okay, be a good guy. Just sit in the aisle seat. Brian, on the three-hour flight... They must have gotten up five times to use the bathroom and stretch their legs. But you know what? Small problems. Hey, everybody, have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Monday. Stay tuned. Brian Hyde up next.